0: I remember, I remember the house where I was born. The little window where the sun came peeping in at morn. Well, that's what the poet, Mr. Thomas Hood, can remember, which shows a pretty good memory until you consider Mr. Marcel Proust, who not only remembered when and where he was born, but just about everything that happened to him since. However, both of these memory specialists shall be overshadowed by the hero of our story who can remember what happened to him Before he was born. Regina, do you see that man? Hmm?
1: Which, which man? The one sitting at the corner table. The one with the dark hair the gray suit? Yes. What about him?
2: I think... I shall have to kill him.
0: Our mystery drama, The People of Sisora was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Ralph Bell. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. They make up the names of ancient history, Goths, Scythians, Hebrews, Hittites, Assyrians, Achaeans, so many others. Do we ever consider that we are the descendants of those people? That their blood flows in our veins? It was our ancestors who built the pyramids, sacked the city of Troy, wandered in the wilderness with Moses, crossed the Rubicon with Julius Caesar, and conquered India for Alexander the Great. And before that, long, long before that, as the ancient storyteller might say... Thereby hangs a tale, indeed. Martin Struve and his wife are dining out.
1: What should we have for dessert? I know what we should have for dessert. We should have nothing for dessert. Martin? Hmm? What are you going to have? Although I had potatoes, well, they were boiled, not fried. So I saved some calories there. Martin?
2: Yes, yes, what is it? Can't,
1: Can't you pay attention to me? What are you looking at? I don't know. That blonde at the corner table? Oh, don't be silly. You're being silly. It's out of a bottle. In this light, she looks 30. Get her outside, she's 45. Regina,
2: I don't look at any women. You should.
1: It'll make you appreciate what you have. We've got two kids over 20, and you know who I ran into last week? Jerry. Jerry Mark. He was a stage manager when I was in the special. He's producing the show now. Shows you how much brains you need. (laughs) Anyhow, he said to me, kid, you still have the figure to go on stage. Now, Martin, don't tell me you're not staring. My, uh... All right, you're not staring at the dame. What's there about the guy?
2: He looks familiar. You know No, he just looks familiar. I've seen him somewhere. I just can't seem to remember... Oh, I guess I'm becoming the old absent-minded
1: professor. Oh, you're not old. You're not absent-minded. But you are a professor. Why is the guy familiar? I don't know. I've seen him somewhere. Oh, there's a lot of people you think you've seen someplace. Maybe I have. So what?
2: I think he's someone I once knew very well. Excuse me. Where are you going? I have to talk to that man. <laughs> me, sir. Yes? Do we know each other? Do we what? I'm sorry to interrupt you at dinner. My name is Struve, Martin Struve. That
3: doesn't make matters clearer. Uh, Dr. Martin Struve, I'm a professor of archaeology at the State University here. Well, what is it you want from me, Professor? Well, it's just that you look so familiar. <laughs> professor, I'm sure I never saw you before in my life. Now, if you'll be good enough to excuse us, yes, yes, of course, I'm. I'm sorry. My apologies. Good evening, sir. Good evening. No, what are you staring at? Me? Oh, uh, that
2: pen in your lapel, that uh, scarab. Yes, it looks very familiar,
3: Doctor. Oh. Professor, whatever your name is. That's true. I don't want to have a scene, but what must I do to get you to stop annoying my dinner companion and me? I have no intention. Do I have to call the waiter or the mate uh, That won't be necessary. Then once again, sir, good evening.
1: What got into you? I don't know. What did you want to go bother a perfect stranger for? Something's the matter with me. I would say so.
2: I made a perfect fool of myself. I would agree. But I've seen him somewhere.
1: Okay, let's accept that. And let's let it lay there.
2: I wish I could.
1: Well, why can't you?
2: Because there's something ominous about him. Ominous? Frightening.
1: You have to be kidding.
2: I'm convinced of it.
1: He's a perfectly normal-looking guy. Regina... The fact is, you had no call bothering Mr. Simpkins like that.
2: Mr. Who? Mr. Who?
1: Simpkins. That's the guy's name. How do you know? Look, there's a head waiter standing over by his table now, and the head waiter is asking him, is everything in order, Mr. Simpkins? And he is saying, yes. And the head waiter is
2: asking... Uh, just evening. wait a minute, Regina. They're too far away. You you can't possibly overhear what they're saying. I have perfect hearing. The head I can... waiter
1: is asking, was that gentleman annoying you, Mr. Simpkins? And now, Mr. Simpkins is saying, just a case of mistaken identity. But how can you know that? I'm reading their lips. Your what? I know how to read lips.
2: I didn't know you could read lips.
1: (laughs) Well, I found it better if most people don't know.
2: Even your husband?
1: (laughs) Especially your husband. When did you learn? Oh, before I met you. When I wanted to go into show business.
2: But... uh... Why would you want to read lips?
1: It was for auditions. Auditions? Well, you know, you'd do your number and there'd be the producer and the director and the writers and everybody else that was hanging around. And when you were through, they'd talk about you. Oh, but they they were there way back in the theater and you couldn't hear them. So I said to myself, I'd like to know what those guys are saying. So I got a book on lip reading. This Mr. Simpkins,
2: what's he saying now?
1: I don't... You don't want? I don't want to look at him. But why? This is the first time I read anyone's lips in over 20 years. What do you mean? I found out that it can cause more trouble than it's worth. Trouble? Martin, many years ago, you brought me home to meet your family. There was a little party. They were all there. They all tried to be very nice to me. And all of them were. Some of them were. You and your father were standing at the other end of the room. You were having a very quiet conversation. Now, do you remember what that was about? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I could read that conversation very well. He said to you, Martin, you're a scholar. How could you even think of marrying a chorus girl? Oh,
2: Dad didn't say that. Yes,
1: yes, he did. He, he, He said, you see how out of place she is, how she's dressed, how she talks. So common, so vulgar, so cheap. But
2: he was mistaken. Was he? Well, he certainly changed his mind about you after we were married. Mm,
1: Did he? Well, he was crazy about you. No, he wasn't. He decided he didn't want to lose his son. And when the boys came along, oh, he wanted his grandchildren. But I was still the cheap little chorus girl. No matter how warmly he smiled at me and said how wonderful I was. That's why I won't read that man's lips. What does one thing have to do with a... If I hadn't really known what your father thought of me, I would have believed he loved me. And I would have been better off and happier for it.
2: I... I understand all that, Regina. And I know how you must feel about this gift of yours.
1: It's not a gift. Anyone can study it and learn it.
2: I won't rest until I know who he is.
1: Martin, you're not feeling well.
2: What is that man saying? Oh. All right. He and the blonde, they're
1: they're just talking.
2: I can see that. What are they talking about?
1: What we were talking about. What to have for dessert. What else? She's going to have the baked Alaska. That's how you can tell they're not married. Would I stick you three bucks for baked Alaska? Never mind her. What is he saying? He'll have fruit and cheese and... Now, who could that be? What? he He's saying a word... I must be reading it wrong. What does it sound like? Well, something
2: like... Cesora
1: That's right, Sisora. Hey, Marty, are you holding out on me? How'd you know? Because,
2: sure. See what he's doing. Well, I... He's touching a scarab. What? That pin he's got in his lapel—that uh, black and gold beetle—it's not like any beetle you've ever seen on Earth.
1: Now, Marty, it's he... the Cesora.
2: And you must touch it after every meal. Do you understand?
1: Do I understand? Why, sure, Marty, if you say so. I knew it. Please tell me, what are you talking about? That man. Yes. He... Well, tell me, Marty, please. Regina,
2: I see fire and death and destruction.
1: Please, please, don't talk like that. I don't know what to do. About what? About everything. You shouldn't shouldn't you go see a doctor? Regina, I have
2: to save the world. But I don't know how.
0: Let's see what we have here. A comfortable married couple with grown kids. He's a sober, serious professor of archaeology. Suddenly, he seems to have developed a deadly dread of a complete stranger in a rather expensive restaurant. And he talks desperately of having to save the world. Now, is this what you got out of our first act? Good. That's exactly what we put in there. Wait till you hear what we put in act two. You came to me from out of nowhere. Sang the popular love song of a generation back. However, things do not really emerge full-blown from nothingness, nor do they arrive on the scene from nowhere. Everything that is develops slowly, surely, Mm -hmm. taking its own time to gather form and substance, Mm -hmm. nourishing itself on the forgotten thoughts of our subconscious. And then one day, they burst upon us in full bloom. Martin? What is it?
1: Oh... I guess you're not asleep. No. How long have you been up? A while. What is it? Nothing. When did we go out to dinner? Tuesday night? Something's been bothering you ever since. It's nothing. You keep saying that. You still refuse to tell me who this fellow Simpkins is?
2: There's nothing to tell. Or maybe I don't know how to tell it.
1: Tell it any way you can.
2: There's this word, Sisora.
1: That was the word the Simpkins man was saying. And you knew what he was saying it. How'd you know? I just knew. What does it mean?
2: It means a scarab. A beetle. Hmm. Only there has never been a beetle like this one down here.
1: What do you mean by here?
2: Here, this world.
1: Are you telling me there's another world?
2: Yes. And it's called Sisora. Sisora.
1: Okay. And where is it? Where? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: It's very far from here.
1: What's very far?
2: It's uh, light years away.
1: What's a light year?
2: A light year is a unit of astronomical measurement.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: It would be equal to the distance that light travels in a year. Or about six trillion miles. Give or take a couple of hundred million miles.
1: Oh, sure. What's a couple of hundred million miles?
2: Out there in the uncharted infinity of space? Nothing.
1: Okay. So, we have this place called uh, Sesora. Way, way out there. And what does this have to do with you?
2: I don't know. I just don't know. I'm aware of it. In what way? In what way? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the United States? Oh, come
1: on. What kind of a question is that? Sure. How? Well, it's here. It's my home. And... What are you trying to tell me? I'm
2: aware of Sisora in that same way.
1: Hmm.
2: Huh? Fire. Great shells. No, no, no. Not shells. Discs. Discs of some sort.
1: Uh, like flying saucers?
2: Maybe. Hmm. These are round and very large. They glow because of the Astrotrix Major. Astre-
1: What's that? It's a
2: space warp. Oh,
1: no. Now you have to get some
2: sleep. It enables us to surpass the speed of light, and therefore we can travel anywhere in this or any other galaxy. Time is no factor.
1: Uh. uh we?
2: Yes. Oh. I come from that world. That world called Sisora. That's so far from here.
1: But that isn't true. You come from Indiana, Terre Haute. That's where you were born. I know. So what are you, what are you giving me this?
2: I was in? born in Terre Haute, so was my father. My grandfather was born in Philadelphia. The family goes back there six generations to a Lionel Struve who came from London. Hmm.
1: You mean uh, we're going through all this at 3 o'clock in the morning?
2: And there are parish records dating back to the 12th century. Before that, I guess my ancestors came there as Normans, or were there already as Saxons and Danes, or going back, way back, as Romans. And earlier, earlier... Marty, something is bothering you. I seem to remember something. Something you're not supposed to remember because it happened so long ago. So far away.
1: Do you want something warm to drink?
2: No, I'll be all right. Try to get some sleep. Oh, sure. Ah. Hello?
1: Regina? Martin, are you okay?
2: Dear, about dinner.
1: Uh, what about
2: it? I'm going to be late. Uh, we uh, we're having a faculty committee meeting. Oh. It's a nuisance, but I was foolish enough to accept the so-called honor. We'll probably work right through dinner. I uh, I won't be too late.
1: All right, Martin. Uh, you you sure you're okay?
2: Of course, Regina, darling. Of course. Yes. Oh. oh, it's you. Yes, Mister Simkins. Uh, may I come in? Now look here, Mister Simkins. I'm, I'm a respectable person. Actually, my brother-in-law is captain on the police force here. He could vouch for now, me. What do you want? I. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I know. Well, I know what you want. A doctor? Mr. Simpkins, there is something between us, and we're going to have to find out what it
3: is. All right, Mr. Struve, uh, Martin Struve. Oh, yes, Professor Struve. You might just as well come in, I suppose. Uh, Sit down, won't you? I I won't apologize for the looks of the place. It isn't mine. I'm just renting it for my stay in town. But that's not the point. What uh, is the point, Professor? Sesora. Sesora?
2: Uh, what is Sesora? You should know. You spoke the word in the restaurant that night. And as you did so, you touched the scarab as the ritual prescribes. But I don't have the faintest notion of what you're talking about. Why would I make this up? The world is called Sesora. And its emblem is the scarab, the beetle that you wear in your lapel. The golden black beetle. No, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. It's... It's coming back to me. The beetle is always gold. The gold scarab of Sesora. It's the color used around the border. that, 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 that... Yes? That what? That denotes the branch of service. The black... It stands for Space Reconnaissance.
3: Yeah, would you mind getting to the point of all this? I have an engagement. Cesora, the space patrols are always out to find a new world for the overcrowded billions who
2: live on. Cisora... Look, oh, Professor Strobe, this is just about as far as I care to but go. But in all the incredibly vast reaches of space, how many worlds are there fit for habitation?
3: If it's a joke, it's too long getting to the punchline and I've lost all interest. I remember the ship. The great fire
2: disc. We, we landed here. Oh, we? Yes, we. But we landed badly. The ship was destroyed. We were lost. Who was lost? The crew. And so we stayed here. Here on this primitive earth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It was a wilderness then. That was so long ago. Fifty, hundred thousand years. I, I... I don't remember.
3: Look, uh, whatever your game is, I I don't know. It's I, no game. I'm serious. I I don't even know why I humour you. You force yourself in here. You give me a fantastic story about uh, shipwrecked space explorers thousands and thousands of years ago, and you were one of them. <laughs> it's very
2: interesting. How old does that make you? I'm saying I have a memory of being one of them. A racial memory. And it doesn't get better. But the more I speak to you, the more it clarifies itself. You're... You're from Sisora, too. I
3: think this definitely has to end it.
2: You're here to study this planet, and then you'll report back on its suitability for
3: colonization. Let me show you to the door. Uh, Just just a minute. I don't have to humor every nut that walks in off the street. You are a reconnaissance nut. That does it. Now, take your hands off me, sir. Don't say. You're going to listen?
2: Uh, Mr. Mr. Simpkins. Uh, oh, Mr. Simpkins, I I didn't mean to hit you so hard. I I'm, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. I, I, I never did get that before. Get
3: out. If I ever see you again, I'm going to call the police.
1: Martin, may I come in? Oh, Doctor.
2: This is an honor. Are you busy? Oh, no, no, no. Please sit uh. What are you doing so far from the medical school?
1: Oh, I like to walk over to this side of the campus and see how the other half lives. Why?
2: Well, what is your problem? The psychiatrist is supposed to ask that question. Yes, I know. I just thought I'd steal your thunder.
1: Regina came to see me. Oh? She said, since you wouldn't come to see me... And, uh, what is it about? You know what it's about. It started a week or so ago in a restaurant... You saw a man who you think comes from another world. It's called Cisora. And it has a beetle emblem. You say you come from there, too. I didn't tell her all that. Well, you told her some. The rest you muttered in your sleep. Is it true? Oh, yes. And you believe it? Yes. Hmm. Regina has a theory. I'd like you to hear it. She says you feel your life has been a failure. Oh, now, just a minute. Oh, I'm only telling you what she said. It's because you were held back by her. Now, how could she have held me back? She's convinced you could have gone higher, farther, with a more cultured wife.
2: That isn't really true. The world is filled with snobs. Now, who cares about them?
1: Mm, Unfortunately, too many of them decide on promotions and honors. What does all this have to do with... He doesn't know. Except that, well... Obviously, there's been a very strong physical attraction between you and Regina. It's been much more than that. Well, anyhow, she feels she's getting older. And you're going to
2: regret your marriage more and more. Oh, that's ridiculous. You're saying that because of my wife, I've lost out on success? Well, look, I'm not exactly a failure. I'm known, I have a reputation. I've been
1: published. You don't have that great overwhelming success that would have made you a star in the field. That was never important to me. Don't make a snap judgment about that, either.
2: And so you're saying I'm having these uh, delusions, eh? Oh, I'm not saying
1: anything. I'm just saying you should relax and try to analyze in your own mind just why you're having these delusions. Ah, uh-huh. but you just made a very definite
2: statement. Doctor, you said I was having delusions. Aren't you? Why do you insist on calling them delusions? How do you know that they aren't real?
1: Regina. What? No, Regina. Regina. Brother, what? 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 Did you wake me up for? What? what what's the matter? You're right.
2: Regina, listen to me. I've just seen it all.
1: Don't you mean you dreamed
2: it? No, I didn't dream it. I know everything. I know how it worked out the last time.
1: How what worked out the
2: last time? The flight, the patrol. Oh, what's the difference? It doesn't matter anymore. Well,
1: if it doesn't matter, just forget it.
2: We won't be able to forget it unless we...
1: Unless we what?
2: Unless we can first ensure the safety of the world.
1: The safety of the world? Oh, sure,
2: sure. Oh, my darling Regina, don't humor me. Martin, you're going to
1: have to get some rest. Rest?
2: Rest? No, not till the job is done.
1: What job? It's
2: a job that falls to me. I'm the only one who knows about it. I have to accept the responsibility. I have to save the world. Oh, sure, honey, sure. We'll,
1: we'll talk about it in but a moment. But there isn't anything to talk about. That's even better.
0: Saving
2: the world requires no lengthy, complicated planning. The thing can be accomplished simply and swiftly. All I have to do is
0: kill Mr. Simpkins. <laughs> If by murdering one man, you could save the world, would you agree to do it? Ethics, here we are again. Constantly we keep raising this complicated issue of morality. It certainly does get in the way of a great many things we'd like to accomplish. Still, Martin knows something we do not. I promise you that in Act Three, everybody will know as much as the next fellow. Sometimes in the middle of a hot day, do you see cool water? It could be the Blue Nile. Do you smell jasmine? It's the aroma of ancient Persia. Do you hear the crowds shouting in the Roman Forum? Do you hear the clash of sword against shield at the Battle of Hastings? So many great events took place in our history. Don't you remember any of them? That is, from personal participation.
1: You're going to... Kill Mr. Simpkins?
2: I have to kill him. It's his life or ours.
1: But why? How is Mr. Simpkins threatening you or me?
2: It has nothing to do with us personally. But why? Because when they land here, when the main force arrives from Cesora. They will have to kill every man, woman, and child on this planet. Martin, I... I know the mind reels from just the implications of such a holocaust.
1: Martin, I I want you to go to the hospital just just for a few days. A a routine checkup.
2: Oh, that's how things go. If someone says something that's off the beaten track naturally, he's a candidate for a psychiatrist. But this particular
1: story you're you're telling me...
2: Why is it it crazy? I, I,
1: I never said that.
2: Then why must I go to the hospital?
1: Darling, I'm worried.
2: And you have cause to be... If this Mr. Simpkins gets back to Cisora, it'll mean the end of our world. That's why he has to be killed.
1: You're... you're not a murderer.
2: Oh, Regina, I'm afraid you simply do not understand.
1: I do. I do. Oh, okay. Okay, Martin, you're right. He he, he does come from wherever it is he comes from, and he, he does mean to bring back the invasion and we'll all be dead, okay?
2: Regina, don't humor me.
1: I'm on your side. Do it... do it right. Go to Charlie. Charlie... Y- yes, my my brother, Charlie. Let the police handle the it. The police? I know Charlie. He never believed me. That's the problem, Marty. I- if you shoot this guy, you'll be arrested and tried for murder. Would a jury believe you? But the future of the world is at stake. I know I'm right. Everybody is innocent until they prove he's guilty. Now, give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Let Charlie find out who he is.
3: And the name of this place is, uh, Sisora, you say? How, how do you spell it, Mike? S-I-S-S-O-R-A.
2: Uh-huh. Charlie, what
3: are you doing? Oh, Marty, this is official. I'm entering it down as a report. But I didn't come here so that you could make a joke of it. Oh, no, it's no joke, Marty. Now becomes a part of the official business of my department. Now, uh, he's a recon scout from this place, Sisora. Okay. Now authentication, if any, of the charge. How do you know? How do I know? Uh, Charlie, Charlie, where did your folks come from? Years and years ago, uh, I guess it was France. Uh, Two, three thousand years ago. What were they doing? (laughs) You got me there, Marty. They were Gauls. They lived in the forests of Europe. Okay, I buy that. And before that, before that. You ever think about it? No, why should I?
2: Doesn't anything ever come to you? Sometimes... In a dream or as a random thought? Oh, what, what do you mean? Is all the memory gone, Charlie? Do you ever hear a sound in the night that couldn't be made today? Or sometimes is there a few notes of a melody that you can't quite seem to place well, I don't know, Marty. I don't really know. Suddenly, suddenly I began to see it and hear it, Charlie. I saw myself. Well, it, it may not have been me. It, it, it could have been some vaguely, deeply remote ancestor. I remember another place. What other place? Cesora.
3: Oh, yeah. I know you don't believe me. Oh, it doesn't make any difference if I do or not. You? you just give me the facts.
2: It's crowded.
3: There are so many
2: of us. We must find more room. Never enough. We have the weapons... The great weapons of fire. We can conquer wherever we go. But where can we go? Space is so vast and the places in which we can live so few, so remote, so hidden. And I remember...
3: Yeah, you remember.
2: The ship. The great fire disk. It came down here. But something went wrong. What? I don't know. I wasn't a pilot. He was killed in the crash. The rest of us, we stepped out into this new world. And it was beautiful. It was also terrible. Because we had found a place, the right place, the place we had been looking for always. And now... Now we had no way of getting back home to tell about it.
3: Okay, I got that. And then what happened? I don't know.
2: We probably became part of this world, blended and melted into the life of the earth, and. And then one night I saw this man. This man, Simpkins, in the restaurant.
3: And all this came back to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, the gist of the thing is Simpkins is a scout for an enemy invasion of the earth. That's what you're saying, huh? Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, sometimes the biggest part of police work is to run down all kinds of nutty-sounding claims. I was afraid you'd think I was a nut. I didn't say you were a nut. No, I, I just said you were making a nutty-sounding claim. Uh, do I have all the information? I think so. Uh, Frank? A fellow named Arthur Simkins. Yep, yeah. Lives at uh, 233 Boulder Place. It's an apartment. Let's, uh...
1: Find out all
2: about him, huh? Martin? Good evening,
1: dear. Uh, Charlie called while you were out.
2: Oh? Was it about Simpkins? Uh, He
1: left a message.
2: Here, I, I wrote it down. Let me see. Here. Mr. Arthur Simpkins comes from Los Angeles, California. He's employed by Fletcher McGowan Data Processing... As a sales engineer.
1: Well, I guess that settles Mr. Simpkins. I don't believe it. Why?
2: He's wearing the scarab. The sacred scarab.
1: But Charlie found out. He works for this company on the West
2: Coast. How did Charlie find out?
1: I don't know. Maybe they checked with his landlord. What what, what are you doing?
2: Operator, I would like to uh, find out the number of a company named uh, Fletcher McGowan in Los Angeles. Oh, and uh, uh, then um, I would like to uh, put through a person-to-person call to a Mr. Arthur Simpkins. Oh. That's right, thank you. What,
1: what are you doing that for?
2: I know I'm right.
1: But uh, Charlie just handed you the fact.
2: Maybe Charlie's satisfied. I'm not.
1: Marty, I love you. Maybe I haven't been everything you needed
2: and deserved. You were everything I ever needed and more than I deserved. Uh, yes. Thank you, Operator. Uh, Would you please ring them? But,
1: Marty, what is the matter? It has to be
2: something. It is. It's a sorrow. I remember it. How and why, don't ask, but I remember. What? What's that, operator? Oh, no, there... There should be an Arthur Simpkins at that number. Well, are you sure we've reached Fletcher McGowan? All right, operator. Thank you. This message from Charlie, mm-hmm. it isn't true. What? I don't think Charlie's taking me seriously enough. I'll be back, Regina. Well,
1: where Where are you going?
2: I have to do some of Charlie's work for him.
3: Marty. Yes? It's Martin. Marty, where were you? Regina called me. She said you ran out of the house earlier with a look on your face as if you'd commit murder what have you been up to? I guess you'd call it break
2: and entry. A little burglary.
3: Marty, please, be careful what you say. Here's a drinking glass. Mm Yeah.
2: I was careful to wrap it in a handkerchief. And got his fingerprints. You mean you stole... Yes, and this. The beetle. The sacred beetle, the scarab of Sisora. See? The colors are black and gold. I remember those colors. You realize you could be in a jam? Check these fingerprints. I already found out about the scarab. What did you find out? I had Wilson look at it. He's head of metallurgy at the School of Mines. This emblem? You know what he said? He doesn't know what the metal is. He doesn't? No. He said this thing is made of a metal, or metals, unknown on this earth. He said that? All right, now, you check those fingerprints. You'll find that there is no record of them anywhere. There can't be. He's not from this world. Arrest him, Charlie. Arrest him? On what charge? The man has no fingerprint records. How do you account for that? Oh,
3: there are plenty of people whose fingerprints aren't file. But you yourself say there's no record of him
2: anywhere. No social security, no credit rating, nothing. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that suspicious? Well, it may be
3: suspicious, but it's not illegal. The
2: man has no visible means of support. Isn't that a fact? Yeah. All right, then, arrest him for vagrancy. Well,
3: you can only do that if he's liable to become a public charge. But surely, Charlie, you can do something. Marty! I'm an officer of the law. The law. My mission in life is to uphold the law. Now, this man, whoever and whatever you say he is, he's not breaking any law. This
2: man is an advanced scout for a race that will destroy every living person on this planet.
3: All right, granted for the sake of argument where's your evidence evidence how do you know because i can remember i know i know i'm a member of that race myself then why shouldn't you be on his side because it was too long ago my true roots my important racial memories they're here marty i i wish i could do something to help
0: you You don't really believe this man is an alien enemy do you no i don't despite the evidence i've given you you
3: haven't given me any evidence Listen, Marty, uh... Why don't you and Regina go away for a vacation? Relax, huh? That's... a good idea.
1: More coffee?
2: No. I think I'll go out for a walk.
1: Do you want me to come along?
2: I'm, uh, trying to think out a new approach to, uh... My book.
1: Oh, all right. It's a little windy. Dress warm.
2: You mean warmly?
1: One day I'll learn the difference.
2: Already well, doesn't matter. I'll be right back.
1: No, Marty. Uh, about that symptom. Oh,
2: thing. uh, you can forget about it. Oh,
1: I, I hope so.
2: It will work itself out. What do you mean? Oh, it's nothing, Regina. It's nothing, dear. I'll be back soon.
1: Hello? Charlie? I'm, I'm scared. What's the matter? It's Martin. He left the house, and I'm afraid... He, well, he he seemed about to do something. Well, just tell me. This business with Simpkins, he, he said he was going for a walk. On a hunch, I looked in the drawer where he keeps his target pistol,
3: it's gone. What, what are you doing here? I've been waiting for you to get back, Mr. Simpkins. I've had enough of this. I'm going to call the police. Don't move. You wouldn't use that gun. Wouldn't I? As your wife said, it isn't your style. How do you know what my wife said? Ooh. We have that capability. Back on Cesora, don't we? Here you call it ESP. It's old stuff with us. Oh, have you forgotten? You're not a killer. You never know
2: what you are until you find yourself in the unexpected place. Why kill me?
3: Because of your plans for this Earth. Oh, forget it. Those plans can't become operational for more than 500 years. You won't be affected. But this is my world. Once you're dead, you have no world. Consider, if you kill me, it's murder. You can't justify it. You've already tried. The police think you're crazy. It doesn't matter. It does to you. You'll spend the rest of your life in prison. Or in the sanitarium. What for? I can't let you destroy the world. Go ahead stop me. Well, why don't you pull that trigger? You can't. (laughs) It isn't in you. I am everything you say I am. Now kill me. What are you waiting for? Marty! Marty, what did you do that for?
2: I had to, Charlie. Charlie. I had to.
1: Is everything all right today, darling?
2: Oh, yes, yes. They're being very nice to me. I may feel like digging in the garden later.
1: You do that. The doctor says it's good for you.
2: They didn't believe me. Nobody believed me. (laughs) They think I'm crazy. No, it's all right, dear. What's all right? That they think I'm crazy... Don't you understand? I saved the world. I saved the world.
1: Yes. Now, how about a nice cup of hot tea?
0: A wife is a wife. I'll bet the day Columbus said, Honey, I'm leaving today to discover America. She smiled at him and said, Yes, dear. So. Did Martin Struve really save us? Who knows? I know two things. A, he will spend the rest of his life in the sanatorium. And B, I shall return in just a few moments. The inventor, the visionary, the discoverer. The creator, He, and I should say she, is always the loneliest of people. For so many things simply cannot be shared, even with those who truly love us. Let a man march to a different drum and, unfortunately, the world will destroy him. Well, we try to make an interesting world for you around here. Our cast included Ralph Bell, Evie Juster, and William Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and Buick Motor Division.